Welcome to the Antioch Austin podcast. Wherever you're listening from, we hope this message encourages you. For more information about Antioch Austin, please check our website at AntiochATX.com. Now here's Pastor J.D. Griffin. Well, you're going to hear this a lot, but happy birthday. You guys look great. Did you know you were showing up to a party? Yeah? I tell you what, man, I tell you, this is going to be a really fun day. And I, I love birthdays. Of, of all sorts, all kinds of birthdays. I'm a fan of birthdays, um, mostly because it's just like absolutely legal and expected to eat an enormous amount of cake. You know, like it's just if you don't eat cake at somebody's birthday party, you're the strange one, you know what I mean? So uh, that's why we have cupcakes, because we want you to party on our behalf, okay? We're going to party together. We're going to eat a lot of cake, and you can go home and eat cake and make yourself a cake. Uh, and eat it and keep celebrating because tomorrow we start fasting. How many of you guys remember that? How many of you were here last week, right? We talked about this incredible opportunity that we get to join in with Antioch churches all over this nation as well as so many other churches across this amazing place that we get to call home and believe God for a move in America. Isn't that cool? I mean, it's an amazing privilege that we have to be able to link arms with churches all over this nation and saying, God, would you move on behalf of America? So we talked last week a lot about this, but I just kind of want to review it a little bit. Like fasting is saying no to something to say yes to something. Okay? That's ultimately what fasting is. And so you can fast from anything. You can fast from food. You can fast from sweets. You can fast from social media. But our challenge for you is that you would fast from something that you will miss so that you can use that sense of longing that you're going to feel inside of you as a springboard to remind yourself to pray for God to move in this land. Because we are believing for a move of God in this nation. We're believing for a move of God in this city. And it's going to take the people of God believing that God is who he is, that he does what he says he's going to do, that he is who he's always been. And when we fast, it's an amazing thing because you can kind of see a side of the heart of God that you can't see outside of that. I mean, it's amazing when you actually create hunger in your body, you realize what you're hungry for. And we're, we're just saying, man, we want to take Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday and as a community say, we're going to say no to something so that we can say yes to the main thing. And we want to encourage you to do that. And if you've never fasted before, we have a really cool cheat sheet that we made available for you at the Get Connected space. You can go in there at the Welcome Home table. It says how to fast on the top. You can grab one of those. It's all kinds of practicals on who should fast, how you should fast, what you should do, all the questions that you might have. You can also resource your life group leader. And here's what's really cool is that we're going to be breaking the fast together on Wednesday nights in life groups. Okay, now you should be hearing from your life group leader about how that's going to happen for your individual group. And if you've never been to a life group, this would be a great week to show up because there's probably going to be a ton of food. So it's a win-win. And if you need more info on how to uh, get plugged into a life group, you can, as Andrew talked about, you can go to the welcome home table uh, and get that information. But it's a really cool opportunity that we have. And we want to encourage you to join in with us uh, because we believe God wants to do something. We really do, and uh, we, we don't take it lightly, but it, it's, it's a privilege that we have to be Jesus-loving people in this day, in this hour, in this nation. 
and it, it's a privilege, and we, we want to live saying, God, you know what? We believe that it matters that you get bigger inside of us because what you're doing inside of us is going to affect what's around us. And I'll tell you guys, you don't have to look far. You don't have to read that much to realize that we need Jesus. We need him. And so we're saying, God, would you move on behalf of this place uh, and do something really cool uh, on behalf of this great country that we get to call home. Amen? Amen. So uh, eat up today. Bit of a joke right there. Some of you guys are nervous because you've never been here before and you think that everything that I say is serious and you're going to be in for a surprise today. Here we go. You guys ready to do work today? Uh, this, this is a Vision Sunday. We've got all the announcements out of the way. And so something that we're going to start, this is year one for us and uh, so cool. And something that we're going to start is that every year on our birthday, we're going to celebrate um, by taking time to look back and time to look forward. And we're going to start calling this day Vision Sunday. And we're going to kind of zoom out a little bit and, if you will, kind of get the 30,000-foot view on some of the bigger dreams that we feel like God's planted inside of us as a church and what that means for us individually and, and what we're really believing is going to happen in our city as we respond to those dreams and promises that God has given to us. And so it's really exciting. And something that I, that I love to kind of put in perspective is that today is about bragging about God. Okay, I think it's important to set that tone that today we are bragging about what God is doing. Uh, this does this not have anything to do with our team or anything that's going on that we have control over. God is on the move in Austin, Texas. We just happen to be here. There, there are amazing churches experiencing even more than what we've experienced. And we're just saying, you know what? People make a living about bragging how well their companies are doing. People make a living about bragging about how many yards they got in the last football game that they played, right? But we sometimes shy away about bragging about what God is doing. And, and so today, we're going to take a little time and we're going to brag on our good father who has moved on behalf of so many of us. Uh, and it, it's just been amazing to see. And we, as I prayed, and we really believe this, is that we, we think the best is yet to come. That this is just the beginning. Uh, this is just the start of something that we think is going to have an amazing uh, and beautiful impact on our community. But, but an a anchor scripture for us at Antioch, and for those of you who have been with us for a long time, this is not going to be a new verse, but it really is not just going to anchor us this morning, but it really serves as an anchor for us all the time. And it's Matthew 5, starting in verse 14. It says, and this is Jesus talking, you are the light of the world. Did everybody hear me say that this is Jesus talking? And then he says, Jesus says to you, you are the light of the world. Can we just take a minute, take a deep breath, let that settle in a little bit, that Jesus, the light of the world, just called you the light of the world. That's a little bit of a blow away, but that's not what we're going to talk about today, so I have to keep moving. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stands and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. 
I want to take a second and read this same scripture in the message version because it, it just comes alive in, in such a powerful way. It says, you're here to be light. You are here to be light. Bringing out the God colors in the world. God is not a secret to be kept. We're going public with this. As public as a city on a hill. If I make you light bearers, you don't think I'm going to hide you under a bucket, do you? I'm putting you on a light stand. Now that I've put you there on a hilltop on a light stand, shine. Keep open house. Be generous with your lives by opening up to others. And you'll prompt people to open up with God, this generous Father in heaven. Yeah, that's why we're here. We're here to be light. Let me say that one more time. We are here to be light. John 1, 4 says about Jesus that in him was life and that life was the light of men. Now, how many of you have been here for the past couple of weeks and you know when that word life in the Greek is? What is that word? Show me that you listen. Zoe, right? So Zoe is the Greek word used for life. It's the word that's used in this passage of Scripture as well. And Zoe is a pregnant word, right? We've talked about this in detail. But to live a Zoe life is a life that lacks nothing. It's a hope-filled, expectant, rich, full life. And it says that Jesus is, Jesus was, and Jesus will always be Zoe. And he's made a way for that Zoe to be in us and for us to live in that Zoe. And here's what's crazy. And it is the light. Everybody say light. Light of man. Light affects everything. Light affects everything. This became so clear to the world a few years ago with hashtag the dress. Do you guys remember this? Okay. Hashtag the dress, right? Do you guys remember this whole thing, this big phenomenon that blew up? Some people see blue and black and they're right. And some people see white and gold and they're wrong. Right, you guys remember this? That like you would look at the picture and you would sit around with your friends and they'd be like, are you for real? Do you really see blue and black? Are you messing with me? You know what I'm saying? Like it, and it, it was a phenomenon that swept across not just our country but the world. I mean, it was unbelievable. Hashtag the dress was huge, man. People all the way from Justin Bieber to your neighbor had an opinion on if this dress was black and blue or white and gold, right? And it was crazy. It divided homes. It divided marriages. It put fathers against sons. Mothers against daughters, hashtag the dress, needed an explanation, right? Like, how in the world did this happen? How can we look at an image, and it's the same picture, and two people can see completely different things? Like, how does that happen? It was mind-blowing, right? It's mind-blowing, like, wait, you don't see what I see? So if you don't see what I see, then you must be wrong or lying, right? 
And that's why we got like super into it because we had trouble coming to realize that this is actually not something to do with color, but something to do with light. Now check this out. Really smart people explained this, and I'm going to read it because I don't want you to get the illusion that I'm smart. Okay? So check this out. Color is our perception or interpretation of light that is in the world. Okay? That in and of itself, in light of the scripture we just read, should begin the mind blow. Okay? Color is our perception or interpretation of the light that is in the world, says Arthur Shapiro, professor at the American University who specializes in visual perception. Now, first of all, do you ever wonder how these people decide they're going to specialize in what they specialize in? Like, when did this guy go, you know what, I'm going to focus on visual perception. I've never even heard of visual perception, and this guy has a PhD in it. It's interesting to me. Check this out. Individual wavelengths don't have color. It's how our brain interprets the wavelengths that create color. You guys remembering the scripture we just read? That you're to bring out the God color? In, case, in the case of the dress... Some of us interpret those wavelengths as blue and black, and others interpret those wavelengths as white and gold. In reality, it's light coming off the computer screen, and then our brain interprets it, and those interpretations can differ. Light affects everything. Light can change how we see the very same picture. Light can change how we view the very same thing. Now, for those of you who are not familiar with this, and you're going to die inside, and you might even be Googling, the original dress, the dress was actually taken by a mother in Scotland to send to her daughter as an idea of something that she could wear at her daughter's wedding, and the dress was blue and black in real life. So if you're seeing white and gold, you were wrong. Now, light affects everything, and we see a theme of light throughout the Bible, don't we? Right? Even in Genesis, one of the first acts that we see God performing is he says, let there be what? Light. There's a theme of light that starts there and continues on, and we have these moments, these windows of light and those windows of light had dramatic effects on the circumstances that surrounded those windows of light. And, and one of these windows happened to Moses. You guys ever heard of Moses, Big Mo? Not our worship leader, the real Big Mo, the, the OG Big Mo. Okay, if you don't know what OG is, it's the original gangster. I've been asked that before. People are like, what is OG? Should I know OG? I looked it up in the thesaurus, and it means original gangster, okay? 
We're talking about the original, original of the original Moseses. The reason why people name their kids Moses, Moses. Okay? So Moses has this moment in Exodus 34. Now Moses was God's guy. Moses was the guy that God had picked to literally lead the people of Israel out of captivity. They were being held slaves in Egypt. And Moses was sent to tell Pharaoh what? Let my people go. Come on, a few people went to Sunday school. Yep. All right, so he goes and they have this whole thing, right? These plagues and all this stuff, let my people go, and all this stuff happens. And then God continues to give Moses leadership to lead these people that at times did really crazy stuff. And we read this and we like to judge the people of Israel, but really it's just kind of a reflection of us, right? And so, like, here's these people, and they were, they were led at, in the evening by what? Fire, light, right? And, and that, that light, that fire would, would hang out over them and keep them warm at night. It's pretty cool. And so there were these moments that would happen as they were going through the desert, and, and Moses would be called up to a mountaintop to talk with God. To, to literally have a conversation with the living God. This is crazy. And God in those moments would give Moses the, the next steps and the practical tools and some of the leadership structures that were needed to take the people of Israel from where they were to where they were created to be, which is in the promised land. And so one of these moments happened in Exodus 34. This is really cool. They had done this a couple of times. Moses had had a couple of conversations with God. He was like, wow, this is really cool. Hey, God, would you let all of your glory pass before me? God, would you show me your glory? I want to see every bit of your majesty, every bit of your power, every bit of who you are, your glory, your essence, God, I want to see it. And God responds to Moses, and he's like, hey, check it out, Mo. I want you to go stand on this rock, and I'm going to have all of my goodness pass before you. And when I walk in front of you, I'm going to literally cover you up in my hand. And as soon as I pass by you, I'm going to remove my hand, and you can see my back as I walk away. This is a mind-blowing experience. Here you have created being encountering the creator God in all of his glory and all of his majesty and all of his purity. And God demonstrates grace to him because he's so pure that this was before the sacrifice of Jesus that allows us to engage in relationship with God face to face. Remember, this is the days of the high priest that they would go into the presence of God and if they had one little sin in them, they would fall dead. I mean, this is no joke. The glory of God is no joke, man. The glory of God demands reverence. When you hear the term, the fear of the Lord, it's because it's just like, whoa. You know what I'm saying? It's just like, have you ever been in a moment with God where you feel so loved, so covered, so taken care of, and so small? And you're just like, whoa. And so Moses is having a whoa moment. Where God spares him, covers him, doesn't kill him with his request. 
covers him, walks past him, mind blow away experience. I mean, can you imagine the story that he wanted to tell the people? Because it was amazing that the glory of God, he declared over Moses his name when he walked past him. He said, this is who I am. I'm compassionate and gracious. I mean, it's amazing when you read this encounter because you, you hear the character of God passing before Moses, and it, and it had an effect on him. It had an effect on him to such an extent that when he came down the mountain, something was different about his face. Something was different about his face because of who he saw. His countenance wasn't the same when he went up the mountain as it was when he came down the mountain. Because say this with me, light affects everything. Can we say that? Light affects everything. Let's say it one more time. Light affects everything. And this is what happened when he came down the mountain, Exodus 34, starting in verse 29. He was unaware that his face was radiant. His face was glowing because he had spoken with the Lord. Check this out. He encountered light. And in turn became light. He encountered light and in turn became light. So let's go back to Matthew 5 really quick. When Jesus says you are the light of the world. He's not just making a statement about your identity. He's making a, a relationship statement. He's saying you are the light of the world. That predicates that you are going to walk face to face with him, the light of life. When you encounter light, you become light. And light affects everything. When we walk into a dark environment and our faces are glowing, guess what? It's no longer dark. Think about it, church. There's some dark alleys in our city that needs radiant faces. That pumps me up, man. That pumps me up. I love reading about the need in our city. Because when I read it, I don't despair. I'm like, oh God, let your goodness pass before me and let me go there and let my face radiate. You can sum up our vision with two words. Bring light. That's really it. Bring light into every crevice of Austin, Texas. In every bad neighborhood and every good. In the business district and on 6th Street. Bring light. Light. This is why we have a goal this year as a church 
to double our life groups. Because we believe that more life groups is more light. It's not a numeric goal. It's not just being like, okay, cool, let's go from 14 to 28. It's saying, God, we want life groups in every neighborhood, on every block, in every place of our city. Beacons of light. People with radiant faces walking out to get their newspapers in the morning and your neighbor who might be in a a cloud of darkness and hopelessness sees light. We want to bring light. And, And we actually think that there's no place that's too dark for light. There's no place that's too, too overwhelmed with the, with the darkness of hell that one light of life, one radiant Jesus face cannot dispel that darkness. We believe that wholeheartedly. We believe that every single one of you is a light source. And that you being you and you loving Jesus and you saying, God, would you let your glory pass before me? Would you let all of your goodness pass over me and let that have an effect on my face? That when you step into where you work, light, light happens. And so if you feel like you work in a dark place, God, would you get brighter in me? Would you, I'm not going to be intimidated by the darkness, God, because I'm going to try to intimidate the darkness with your light. Come on, somebody. We are going to intimidate the darkness with our light. Jesus is life. He's the life of men. And he is light. And light affects everything. And so as a church, we don't just have a goal to try to see a life group, a light source, a community of glowing faces in every neighborhood of our city. We also want to constantly be saying, how can we get better so that we can grow brighter? Because remember, it's always going to be about Jesus getting bigger in us so he can get bigger through us, always. That's always our motivation underneath everything. It's Jesus, get bigger so that you can get bigger. That that is exactly what we're about. We're we're here to see the God colors come out around us because the light of life has gotten inside of us. And so we're always asking the question as a team, how do we get brighter? How do we create more on-roads for people to grow and to glow? How about that? You like that? I worked on that sentence. That was crafted. Did you feel it? Did you feel the hard work right there? We want you to grow and to glow. So here's the thing. We evaluated our our processes and we, we realized that there's a few things that we can clean up and clear up a little bit that we believe is going to only help us grow stronger, grow clearer, and get more of God in us and allow us to grow deeper in community with one another. And so in light of that kind of restructuring that we're going to be doing, there's a few new things that are coming down the pipe. One is, is that growth track, which was our monthly gathering that we would do for people who are interested in Antioch, is going to be no more. Growth track is going to go be with the Lord. 
okay? And, and here's what we're going to be doing. We're going to be doing a welcome to the family lunch every quarter. A welcome to the family lunch every quarter. And that welcome to the family lunch is going to be simple. It's going to be the history of our church, what we're about, and how you can be about it. That's what the welcome to the family lunch is. Our history, what we're about, and how you can be about it. Okay? And so our heart is that everybody that, that checks out our church, comes to our church, um, that you would, if you haven't done, if you've done Growth Track, then it's the same, but we just changed the name. We feel better about it. And so it's, uh, but if you haven't done that yet, come to the Welcome to the Family Lunch. It's going to be happening once a quarter, not every month. We think that's going to be better on a lot of different things. And then some of you guys know that tomorrow night we're launching our values class. Values. It's already sold out. So sorry, but don't worry. Values is an eight-week course that's going to happen on Monday nights from 7 to 9. And it really is kind of that the whys behind the what's here at Antioch our big rock foundational things that make us who we are as a community, we're going to dive into them in a way in values class that we just can't on a Sunday morning. And so our heart, if you're like, man, how do I get plugged into Antioch? How do I grow here? Here's hopefully a cleaner structure for you to onboard so that you can grow brighter and, and you can glow better, okay? And the first is, first is that everybody would go to the Welcome to the Family Lunch. That out of that Welcome to the Family Lunch, you'd hear the value of life group and go check out a life group. That you would check out a life group and then find a place to serve in our community, that you would not just come here, but be about helping God build here, and that we would all serve in some capacity. And the fourth thing is, is that you would come to values. We really want every single person that calls Antioch home to eventually do the values course. It's going to run once a semester, and it's eight weeks long, so it's going to take us a little while to onboard everybody. But we think that that process of going from how do I get involved to being a leader here or understanding who we are in a deeper capacity, that process is going to help us grow better and grow brighter. And so those are kind of our two big rocks that we want to hit this year, is that we're saying, God, we want to bring light and we want to be bright lights. We want to be light bringers and we want to shine bright everywhere that we're going. And it's really cool to look at all that God's done, right? It's amazing to, to just look around, even in this room, to think that a little over a year ago, we were sitting at the North, Norris Conference Center, just 40 of us. I'm standing on the front go row going, is this thing really going to happen or not? You know what I'm saying? If I'm just being honest with you, I'm like, wow, what's, what's this really going to be? God, what are, what are you going to do? And to go from like 40 people to over 300 people in, in a little over a year is like mind-bending. To go from one life group to 14 life groups is unbelievable. But here's what's amazing. We have, like, we, we need to get better at tracking this kind of stuff. But our best guess is that we've seen over this past year over 100 people make decisions to follow Jesus. It's been absolutely amazing. Our Easter celebration that we had um, on Easter, like, we had literally... 400 plus people from the neighborhood come to the carnival, hear the message of Jesus, and get loved on by you guys. That's absolutely mind-bending. And I love talking about that stuff. I love looking at 30,000 feet and going, wow, God, that's amazing. But you know why I care about numbers? It's because every number is a story. 
And, and there's just kind of this tension that you can kind of walk in when you're, when you're a pastor, and, and you'll hear the language like, oh, we don't care about numbers. Well, here at Antioch, we are obsessed about them because every number is a person. Every number is a person. Every number is a comeback story. And every story that's being told here is absolutely beautiful and unbelievable. And God has been so huge to so many of us. And it's amazing. And we're saying, God, we want more comeback stories. We, we want more. God, would you expand us and grow us because every number is a person. And I love to think about that, but you also, I, I, I love to hear about the stories. And, and, and I want to kind of end our time with taking you into one story of what God's done this year, one family that's been impacted, because we've seen marriages restored, isn't that cool? We've seen alcoholics stop drinking. We've seen people who are addicted to drugs get free. We've seen people that are far from God get close to God. We've seen people think that they would never darken the door of a church, find a home here. We've seen people that were hurt by the church allow God to restore them here. God's doing amazing things. But I want to tell you about Tyler and Natalie Gwynn. Some of you guys know them. Liz and I actually met Tyler before we planted the church. He was a part of starting a clothing store. And this clothing store that we knew that was going to be coming into Austin did like a stop in Waco. And so we thought, like, let's just go see him and meet him and, you know, just kind of start building some inroads relationships with the people that are going to live in the city that we're going to live in. At this point, we had just announced to close friends that we were going to be starting a church in Austin. And so we, we were just going to say hi and just to make a connection. And so I walk into this, and I introduce myself, and Tyler and I start talking, and Tyler interrupts me, and he's like, hey, look, man, I actually know who you are. I heard you speak at, at Antioch College Station a few years ago, and my wife and I just want you to know off the bat we're in. And I was like, wow, that's really encouraging. I was just, I was just here to buy a shirt, but you just made my life. And Tyler and Natalie have turned into dear friends of ours, and we love them so much, and they're incredible leaders. Our first vision party, our first interest meeting was actually at their little bitty house. We packed it up, and people were, like, peeking around doors, and it was amazing. We even built a fire in the backyard, but it was hot, but we still tried. It's Texas. And so um, they, they were just pillars for us. I mean, absolute rocks. They're from us. For us at the very beginning and they they were like man we're willing to do anything go anywhere be anything and you just tell us what you need and they not just led groups and led teams but they became some of our closest friends and we just love them so much and about eight months ago they kind of hit a really rough spell in life anybody hit a rough spell in life and things kind of started to be really challenging and and Tyler some weird, crooked things happened at this business that he was actually a part of starting. And all of a sudden, this dream that he birthed, he was removed from. And then he starts dealing with an enormous amount of anxiety. We're not just talking about weight that he shouldn't carry, right? We're not just talking about worry. We're, we're talking about some serious anxiety stuff. It got to the point where he couldn't even leave his house some days. He was suffocated with the fear that something was wrong with him. He couldn't function. He couldn't do anything. And at the very same time, they had had a dream of being parents. 
and they just couldn't get pregnant. And so it's just like layers of heavy, 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 heavy. And by the grace of God, you know, sometimes when life gets really hard and really dark, there's kind of one or two ways we can go. We can lean in or we can pull away. I'm so thankful they leaned in. They pulled some of us together and they kind of opened up and said everything that was going on. So a few of us started praying for them, fasting on their behalf, asking God to move and to break through and to demonstrate his kindness and his hope in a hopeless situation. And then September 15th happened. You guys thankful for days that change everything? Everybody has their own September 15th. See, September 15th, Tyler went to breakfast with a guy that was in his life group. And at that breakfast, the guy that was in his life group, when they were hanging out just talking about life, said, hey, man, I actually woke up this morning praying for you. And I felt like God said, you need to listen to this teaching by this dude named Bill Johnson called The Discipline of Joy. So Tyler listens to it on his way home. Two hours later, he has lunch with Todd Newton. Todd Newton's on our senior leadership team here at Antioch, an all-around stud and great bro. Love you, Todd. Okay, loves to hug. Joking, I'm joking. Don't hug him, don't hug him. Not a toucher, not a toucher. Okay, so, um, so he has lunch with Todd. Todd did not know what, what Stefan had said at breakfast. And Todd listens to everything that's going on in Tyler's world. And he says, man, this sounds like you got a lot going on. Tell me about your joy. Fast forward that night. Don't you love loaded days when God loads your day? That night, we had made a decision that we wanted to gather all of our life group leaders together for what we called Leader Refresh Night. And really simply, it was just a night for us to worship and pray for each other. That was it. Our one goal was, God, we want to meet you. We want to encounter you. We want to be changed by you. And so we're there. I didn't know what had happened at breakfast. I had no idea what Todd had said at lunch. And I just get this sense from the Holy Spirit. We need to pray for Tyler and Natalie. It's been enough. Let's get around them and let's see some breakthrough happen. And so we put them in the middle of this circle. About 50 of our leaders were there, gather around them, and we just start praying like crazy for God to touch them. And everyone's just praying in one voice. You know, have you guys ever been in an environment like that where it's just everyone's just like, God bless them, touch them, and it's just noisy and loud and it's all just like amazing prayers going up? And somehow in all of the chaos, Tyler hears my voice. And the prayer that was stirring up in me was, God, would your voice of joy be the loudest voice? And Tyler said that that night, I hung out with him this week, he said that night everything changed. Their home feels different now. There's hope where there was hopelessness. Their expectation of things to come is different now. And he was honest. He said, we're still in a fight, but it's not the same kind of fight. Because how many of you know you can look at the same picture, but when the light changes, the image changes? Let me say that one more time. You can look at the same picture, but when the light changes, the image changes. How many of you need a hashtag the dress moment from the light of the world? 
Now, I want to end really quickly here because I went really long, but it's our birthday, so my team can't get too mad at me. If they are, they'll tell me in secret. I want us to turn the lights off. Because this is sometimes what it feels like. Dark. Overwhelmingly dark. We can't see what's in front of us. We can't make out what's around us. And then all of a sudden, light. And it's amazing that in this huge room, this little bitty light becomes a big light because it doesn't take a lot of light when you're in a lot of dark. And I want everybody to pull out their cell phone. And if you're over the age of 40, I want you to turn your light on. It gets a little bit brighter. If you're over, if you're, if you're over the age of 30, I want you to turn your light on and hang it, hold it up. If you're over the age of 20, I want you to hold your light up. If you're under 20, we're glad you're here and glad you got a ride from your parents. Hold your light up. <laughs> How many of you know that this room is no longer dark? Because each and every one of you is a light source. And this is exactly what's going to happen in our city when we get with Jesus and become light. Because when we step into dark places, because of the light that we carry, it's no longer dark. It's no longer dark. Let me say it again. It's no longer dark. Because light affects everything. Jesus, we're asking right now that this visual picture would sear into our minds and that you would put in us hope that the light of life, Jesus, is enough. And ask that right now in Jesus' name that we would encounter the light of life and then in turn be turned into light. We believe you want to touch our city. We believe you want to touch our nation. We believe you want to change the world with light. Would you stand to your feet?